Welcome. I'm Lauren Ash, and you're listening to the Black Girl in Ohm podcast. Black Girl in Ohm exists to hold and catalyze healing within Black women around the world on their unique journeys towards wholeness. We support the necessary transformation, spiritual awakening, consciousness shifts, and intergenerational healing occurring within the diaspora. This podcast is a warm embrace, soothing realness, and conscious girl talk. Come into conversation with me and our spirit-centered guests. Let the journey begin. Hey y'all, hey community. I want you to close your eyes and just picture a sisterhood that's filled with thousands of journeyers just like you, lifting one another up, spiritual teachers, thought leaders, wellness practitioners pouring into you with their insights. Open your eyes and you should probably head over to blackgirlhome.com because we have this community for you. The Circle sources our members with empowering guides, divinely ordained connections, and culturally aligned resources for you as you expand into your most authentic self. I'm so grateful that enrollment is open and it won't be for long, so be sure to head over to blackgirlhome.com and check out The Circle. Y'all, I can't even tell you how the universe just be on the main line. Honestly, um, Bonkosi Horn and I had a really powerful conversation that I will remember forever. And, you know, sometimes tech be acting away, and this day it was, and we were not able to record that conversation and share that with all of you. So I called up Bon, I said, hey, can you and I do this again? And she was so gracious and so excited to have another conversation between she and I and to share that with all of you. So, so much gratitude to Bon Kosi Horn, so much gratitude to our community that's been waiting so patiently to hear the various ways to expand through entrepreneurship, to expand through loving on our bodies in conscious ways, and to expand through motherhood. So a little bit about Bon Kosi Horn, aka Bon, if you're her friend, call her Bon, <laughs> as the co-founder and creative director of Freedom Apothecary, Bon Kosi cultivates a lifestyle, beauty, and wellness brand with an emphasis on representation, accessibility, and inclusion. She has 10 plus years in brand strategy and innovation at both local and global scales. A mom of two superhero boys and married to a kindred spirit serial entrepreneur, she is an ultra connector of people, community builder, and innovator, and constant pursuit of growth and making the world a better place. You can um, stay in touch with Bonkosi, of course, online. Literally, her Instagram is Bonkosi. She's the only one with that at handle. And you can also check her out at freedomapothecary.com. So with that being said, here's the conversation. Hey, Bon. Hey, how are you? You know, life is so interesting right now, and I'm still keeping an open heart and gratitude throughout it all, honestly. That's what we can do, right? Yeah. How are you today? I'm doing well. I'm doing very well. I feel energized. I feel really good. I feel really good. 
I love to hear that. Love to see it. Love to hear it. (laughs) I'm really grateful, particularly today, because as you know, we had a pop-in conversation back in November in Boston for the expansion tour. And unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, the world will never know. There were some tech difficulties. And so we weren't able to present the conversation that we had then to our phenomenal community. But here we are today having a different conversation that will have resonance with the one that we had back then, rooted in what it means to expand, rooted in what it means to expand through entrepreneurship, which you are going to be shedding so much light on, expand through motherhood, which we have a little surprise and a little (laughs) exciting update to share with our community on that front. And to expand, I think, just as a multifaceted woman of color who is always on a journey of healing and wholeness. So I'm super grateful that you said yes to returning for some more. And I feel like you and I could just chat for hours anyway. So I'm not mad about it. (laughs) Exactly. I think that's just what the universe is doing for us. Exactly. No, you're going to talk. We're going to stay connected. (laughs) Here we are. Here we are. So (laughs) I wanted to shed some light about how we actually first met because I just find it so magical. We met back in 20... 17, I believe, in Vermont of all places. What? Vermont? (laughs) I actually recently drove through Vermont again, like a couple weeks ago. And it was so beautiful. It was so beautiful, but kind of feels a little random that we met there, honestly. Yeah. Um, (laughs) We met at Wanderlust. I was speaking. You came to share your amazing energy. And it seemed like such a powerful, beautiful exchange. You were telling me about starting this thing called Freedom Apothecary. And I was like, what is this? This sounds like I need to be a part of it. And fast forward a whole year and a half later, when my team and I were brainstorming, oh my God, who should be our speakers for the expansion tour? I literally was being dropped off by Carlene Graham Perry, who was also a guest on the expansion tour at the airport after our DC stop. And I said, I'm looking for someone in Boston. I don't know anyone in that part of the world, but I think I met this woman back in 2017 in Vermont. And I know that she was starting some kind of a amazing, non-toxic wellness space. I want to find her. Literally that night, I checked my Instagram DMs and you had messaged me. The universe. The universe. (laughs) Yeah. I just find it so magical. Meant to be here. So I'd love for you to share a bit about your trajectory with Freedom Apothecary first and foremost, because it's such a phenomenal space with such an important mission. You and your partner have been nurturing it for, I know, over almost a year in terms of your brick and mortar in Philly. And longer than that in terms of brand and launch and concept. So let's hear about Freedom Apothecary. It's so amazing. Oh, freedom is so many things. It's more than a retail space and it is a retail space, but it's definitely a space where we really wanted to cultivate a community of women and we wanted to create a safe space for women of color to come and heal. And I also think a big part of it was just we wanted to cultivate this connection to ourselves that we often don't get as women of color in this world. And so for us, it was all about holistic living, like what can we do to provide resources 
provide a network of support of people who are living like-mindedly, who want to learn how to really uncover themselves through holistic lifestyle practices and rituals. So that was really the intention behind it. And it's something that's just like really really flowered. It's become this, as I said, it's like more than a retail space. It's become this community of people who want to be a part of something bigger, which is such a challenge in terms of a business because it's hard to manage. And it's also like, it gives us so much passion and connection to the work that we're in. It's not just about running a business day to day. All of what we do is about creating a community of people and a, a community of women to get connected and uncover themselves. So anything that we can provide to offer up something that will support women finding their radiance is all about what we're doing. That's what we were really clear on when my partner Marissa and I started this business. But I also think it's becoming more and more clear as we're in it, which has been so fulfilling, but also like we know there's so much more. Just like our relationship, me and my business partner's relationship kind of was this like magical thing that, that came into being and that was meant to be. And we didn't know it until Freedom of Apothecary kind of presented itself to us. And so things that I'm really grateful for are the universe working in ways to support us. I love this. I love the timing of this. I'm glad we're having this conversation again because I'm being actually moved in different ways from what you're saying. I love that word that you said, flowering. Flowering. So we just talked about Freedom Apothecary and we'll come back around to it in a moment. But I'm curious about your kind of blossoming and flowering as a woman that even led you to be open to receive this divine kind of gift and, and mission of Freedom Apothecary? Oh, you know, I think there's like, what is this? What? Well, I just want to say, I think I ask it knowing too, that a lot of our community members are entrepreneurial at heart. We're such creative women in our community and we have this passion inside of us. And sometimes we don't know where to like, channel it. Mm -hmm. And clearly you have yeah. found a place to channel your passion and also are creating opportunities for other women to be supported in that, which is the dream, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It really has been. I mean, I didn't, I didn't grow up with like a really strong network of friends, of women, of girlfriends around me. I was an athlete. And so who I surrounded myself with were the people who played on my team. But outside of that, I didn't really, you know, I've got a couple really close girlfriends and I keep it pretty close. But aside from that, I think what I've learned in just getting to these different stages of my life is I crave that connection to women. So I think that was a huge part of really being called to this work and being called to this relationship was I knew that there was something that I wanted, that I needed to really uncover myself. And I think pair that with me being an Aries, like an Aries pure through and through and through, all passion, all fire, all innovation, all get shit done and be on the go nonstop. Like that really created this opportunity to flourish and to really come into this space of how can I support myself finding people who really inspire me and how can I continue to, to call them in? And so I think it's just like, 
I really tapped into what I was craving and I tapped into what I felt I needed, but I also tapped into who I was and what I could offer. I love that. That's so resonant with what I offer a lot when women are like, how do you get started? And like, how do you know? And I always encourage, look to what you need. There's oftentimes so many people who are actually waiting on you that you couldn't have ever imagined for you to simply and not easily, but simply <laughs> launch yeah. what it is that you need and starting with, with what you can and with where you're at. Yes. And I think at the end of the day, it's like tap in, you got to tap into you, mm-hmm. like what feels good, what feels right, what you feel you need to yeah. really cultivate whatever it is you were meant to do. Absolutely. So what you're meant to do is, I think, multifaceted. It's um, in some ways, I know through Freedom Apothecary, you amplify and sell products that are all non-toxic, clean beauty, and created by women, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. Is, so you're really yeah. amplifying a lot of small businesses, women-owned businesses in that process, which is so beautiful and so necessary. Um, you're also really centering the importance of mindfulness around what it is that we put on our bodies. And that is obviously so important for us as black women, as women of color to be conscious of. Can we talk about that? Because, yeah. you know, I'm hella passionate about this and I know you are too. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. What a part of the system. It's crazy. The more that you look into it, the more that you really understand what we put on our bodies and all of the chemicals that we're just freely given and told will work. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is just a part of the system to make us continue to be unwell. I think that wellness gets this bad rep for being only for a certain type of person, right? And obviously for us, we wanted to make wellness, like true wellness accessible to everyone because it's a right, it's not a luxury. But I think part of that is really getting people to understand like, all of these little things that play into what we're told as people, but also specifically people of color, that this is what you need and this will work. And it doesn't matter what is in it. Yes. Just do it because it's convenient. Just do it because it's available. Just do it because it's the cheapest. Just do it because it's what you can afford. And I just think that there's so much work to be done in that realm. And I feel like, there are people willing to do the work and it doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be a luxury. It doesn't like self-care is only radical because it hasn't been a thing for women of color. It shouldn't be radical. Self-care and wellness is a right. Like we have to take care of ourselves first, but we've been taught that we can't do that. That's not the priority that taking care of who we are and what we need is the last thing that we should be doing. Um, so we're really so, unlearning. Yes. Yeah. And I think, yeah, like skincare is a part of it, but it's so multifaceted. It's so layered. Skincare and wellness is a piece to the puzzle that we are just, all of us are unlearning and yes. really reclaiming. Yes. Yeah, I mean, let's talk about this even more. I know that because this is an aspect of our journeys that so many of us have to unlearn, you have to like sit with it for a while and get to like the root of the why. I oftentimes think about our skin being the largest organ of the body. And I believe it's somewhere between like 
60 and 80% of everything that's put on our skin gets absorbed. And you ask where? Gets absorbed into the bloodstream. And so when we're talking about chemicals and ingredients that are inherently harmful to us, that doesn't just absorb and go into the ether. It goes literally into our bodies and interacts with us in ways that can be really detrimental. And I know that there have been a lot of kind of larger articles and publications that really spread and illuminate more light on this topic. But just thinking about how Black women tend to be at higher risk for a lot of different kinds of cancers and dis-ease in general. And again, that doesn't just come out of the sky. It doesn't just come out of nowhere. (laughs) It always can be traced back to something. And so what gets you excited about promoting more of this unlearning around our people? Oh my gosh. I think there's so much around people craving information. I think Mm -hmm. we're in that era of information. People want the information and people are going to, once their eyes are opened, they're going to, you know, go down the rabbit hole of like, what else is out there? And what I'm learning so much in just having the space where it's such a beautiful thing that we've created this really luxury, really beautiful, high quality experience of a space that feels truly magical. And most days, it's Black women who are coming into the space and learning about clean beauty and wellness and these products that they didn't know existed. And so for me, what I get excited about is being able to share that information with them and their eyes just light up, you know? And I think that that's where we are is people are eager to have this information and maybe they just don't know where to start. Yes. I love, I think we as freedom get to be a starting point for so many people and a representation of it being accessible and being a representation of a way in which people can live. Yeah. So just, I don't know, like I'm clearly really excited talking about it right now too. I just love being able to share information and getting people to see something else. Yes. No, I love that you mentioned being a starting point too, because certainly when we talk about non-toxic skincare and beauty, and also when we talk about a non-toxic home, because I feel like that's really important, especially for those of us with families and little ones, and we'll talk about yours in a little bit. (laughs) It's important to think about not allowing the information to scare you and to feel like you have to completely throw out all of your products or completely change everything overnight because that can be really disempowering. It's like, well, then what do I do? You know, I don't have the money necessarily to restock my entire kitchen or my entire like vanity or medicine cabinet, what have you. And that's really not the point. It's to really just make more conscious decisions with the information that you get and to start with where you are. So for me, I remember I think it was in 2017 or 2016 that I started getting really passionate about skincare. I was like, wow, I'm putting things on my skin that could literally cause cancer. And I have a choice around what I put on my skin. Let me make some different choices and start with my skin. Right. And then it trickled to hair products and then it trickled to my kitchen. So I really made a choice. What do you encourage for perhaps someone listening? Who's like, wait a minute, let me start to make, more conscious choices around what it is that I'm putting on my body, where would you encourage them to start? What do you encourage people who walk through Freedom Apothecary? I would say the most important things are like thinking about what you use every day. 
things that are a daily use and how can you make a better, smarter choice or more informed choice? So I think a lot of us lotions, what are we putting on our face? What are we putting in our bodies? So um, to your point, like going into the kitchen, looking at what kind of dish soap are we using? Because that dish soap is going to be on the fork that we pick up for lunch. So I think you can make those small incremental changes around like, okay, I know I use this product. It's my go-to product every single day. And usually specific to skincare, it's a product that we use twice a day, usually. So those are the things that I would say, really look at phasing those out. And, you know, you can wait until the product is out. Use the product that you currently have. And then when you have the opportunity or it's time to buy something else, you get to make a more informed decision. And so that's the opportunity for you to get that new clean product. It doesn't have to be overnight. I think that you and I are both lucky to be in the space where we can make those changes pretty quickly, just having the availability of the product at our fingertips. But I also think that like the unlearning takes some time. Yes. It's not just going to happen tomorrow. And so really taking the time to understand what it is that you're buying, looking at labels. The first step is really just phasing out those things that are daily use items. Yes. I love that. And I think too about what it means to be more DIY. I mean, I do stand for several different product lines, most of which my favorites are created by black women and non-toxic, but slash and I've been really trying to be more DIY and create my own, you know, like my best friends and I, about a year ago, we made our first like little shea concoction. I whipped up some (laughs) shea, put some essential oils in there. You know what I mean? Um, Things like that. Are you also an advocate of the DIY and do you make anything at home that you love? So I am not, I mean, as you said, I'm a mother of two and I run this business with my partner. And so my time is very limited. So I am definitely a packaged good sort of person. But (laughs) the really cool thing that we offer is a blend bar. So you can actually come book an appointment, blend your own custom body oil, face oil, body butter, face mask, all of those things. So you can really control what's going into the product that you're making. So I am a huge advocate of really knowing similar to food, really knowing where the products come from, really knowing where the ingredients come from. And that I think is the most important part of understanding like what you can do. Because even with the DIY stuff, you have the choice to make. You can choose products that are going to be better for you, but there are also still things out there that, you know, like there are some shea butters that have fragrance in them. So like, what are those little things that you might not understand or you might not know and doing the research to really understand what's going into the products that you're making. So if you're going to go that route, which I think is a really amazing route, make sure that you really look at the labels on everything. Yes. And where do you go to find out the harmful ingredients versus the ingredients that are actually giving your body the love that it deserves? So a big resource for me is our esthetician, our holistic esthetician here, who is like my resource every single day. And she's like just a book of knowledge. But I also use the Think Dirty app, which is an app that you can download that 
gives you insight into conventional things and conventional things or commercial things are the things that you can get at your grocery store, your CVS, Target, Walmart, those kinds of places. So you scan the product, the app will tell you, you know, here's where it falls on the environmental working groups um, on their scale. And, you know, it goes up to 10. And so anything at 10 or around 10 is going to be a concern. Um, so you can just easily scan things with your phone because we know we all have our phones with us at all times. <laughs> and then honestly, the internet, obviously. There's so much information out there that it can be daunting, but I think if you have your basics of information, I end up Googling a lot of ingredients to see what it actually is and to see what it could potentially cause. Yes. Thank you for that. We will be sure to link in the show notes to that app. And then I'm going to link to a couple other sites that I use to just be more empowered around the choice that I have when shopping for a new product. Hey y'all, it's Lauren here with a special note about today's episode sponsor. So superfoods are so important, y'all. They are nutrient-rich foods that 92% of Americans lack in our diets, but they're considered to be a key component to health and well-being. I love Organifi because Organifi hooks me all the way up with these superfoods in a very easy way for me to integrate to my evening routine, my morning routine. So maybe you will be interested in trying them out too, and we're giving you 20% off. Their organic superfood blends are easy to integrate. Like I said, you can just pour it into a glass of water. You could add it to your juice or smoothie. It tastes good, (laughs) which is essential for me. I am currently loving their green juice. I'm currently loving their red juice, and I'm currently loving their goals. So if you're interested in trying out any of these organic, completely plant-based, and low sugar superfood blends, you can head over to Organifi.com slash Black Girl and Ohm and we're giving you 20% off. Again, that's Organifi.com slash Black Girl in Ohm. Y'all, Organifi makes it easy to practice and reach for optimal health and each blend that they create is actually backed by science to craft the most effective doses with ingredients that are organic and free of fillers when possible. Give them a try. And, and let me know how you love it. Question for you, getting back to <laughs> the energy of the intention behind this conversation, what has been one of the most expansive aspects of growing a brand that is centered on well-being, specifically for women and, and women of color? <sighs> It could be a moment, it could be a series of moments, it could be an aha. Oh, man. I think, so this week is actually a really, really great week. We just launched our book club. We're having a book club meeting tonight. Um, We are speaking on a panel tomorrow night focused around Black beauty entrepreneurs. And then we are hosting a dialogue on Saturday morning in our space centered around womanhood and the dynamics that race and identity play within that. And so you better, um, (laughs) right? (laughs) And so, you know, what's been interesting and what's been, I think it's been really eye opening is that people are craving these opportunities and 
we're in Philadelphia and, you know, Philly's really incredible. It's, it's a brown city. It's majority black and brown. And it's also a city that isn't super progressive in terms of the conversations that people are in. And so in terms of wellness and in terms of looking at it holistically, so looking at the community care that's necessary to lift people up, what I'm realizing that's been really eye-opening is that people want to be in these conversations Mm. and it's uncomfortable. And people want this information and people want this connection. Mm. And because it's, it's not been done through this facet, through wellness, it's actually like, oh, I like that. I want to be a part of that. But like, there's an unknown yes. aspect. And I love the unknown. And I love mm. creating like spaces where people won't know what happens. Mm. Um, but also spaces for people to walk out and be like, holy blank, yes. I was transformed. Yes. You know, that's and powerful. Like, yeah. You know, you know, yes. I'm coming there this year. <laughs> Black Grown Um 2021 tour. Yes, Philly girl. Freedom Apothecary. Yeah, we popping up with it. a conversation that the people need. That's like real, and that's what people want. They just yes. don't know that they want it yet. It's real. It's real. When you haven't yeah. seen it, how do you even know you want it? Exactly. Exactly. Amazing. So like, yes. What yes. is your book club read at the moment? Oh, Toni Morrison, The Source yes. of Self Regard. Beautiful. I haven't oh. read that one. I took a whole Toni Morrison class in grad school. So I read a lot of her books, but I did not read that one. This one is new. It's okay. You get a pass. Um, <laughs> but it is. <laughs> it, it, it's a compilation. So I wanted to create an opportunity where people like, oh, maybe I haven't read a book in a really long time. And I still want to be a part of this community. And this book specifically is like essays, it's meditations, it's a bunch Mm -hmm. of things into one. So it gives people who might not read a book straight through, they get to break it up a little bit. And it is so good. So good. Okay, I'm going to join remotely. (laughs) Yeah. But I'm reading like five books right now. So I don't know if that's wise. (laughs) You can catch up. Like we'll do cliff notes or something. Yes. Thank you, Bob. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I want to talk about something I'm excited about always, which is motherhood. And every time we get a mommy on the show, it's just a blessing because y'all are busy. Y'all are <laughs> out here creating magic in your careers and also finding time for yourself and also teaching little humans to be mindful about how they're navigating in the world. And you shared this, that you have two little ones, but also you told me you have another one on the way. I do. I do. I have two really special boys. And this one we just found out last week is a girl. So it's ah, becoming a mother and mothering is incredible. And Having two little boys who just always want mommy is so special. And there's something about, I feel differently knowing that I'm going to be bringing this feminine energy into the world. Wow. That like, holy smokes. I'm so excited for you. Congratulations on the addition. I'm excited. It's a girl. I'm so thrilled. Um, How has motherhood been expansive for you? Oh, being a mom is definitely the most powerful 
thing that I've ever done. It's also the most challenging thing that's ever presented itself to me. I think we navigate still having our voice and wanting to set some boundaries and wanting to create opportunities for these little ones. And then we also navigate what that looks like to ensure that they have their own voice. And shaping tiny humans is so rewarding, but it's daunting, right? Like, I think about navigating a world under the circumstances in which we exist. And I often think about, for me specifically, is raising little Black boys. So that just gives me like a bit of a different perspective in terms of who I'm surrounded by and what I want to instill in them. And so it's so powerful and I've learned so much about myself and I've also learned how to prioritize and that's prioritize my time, prioritize what's important to me, prioritize what I, what I spend my time doing, what I say yes to, what I say Mm. no to. And I've also learned that communication is so critical. So for Black women specifically, there's this notion that we can't ask for what's necessary or what we actually need to thrive. And so motherhood really shifts your need. It becomes a need to survive when you don't ask for help, when you don't ask for what you need, you will not survive. And you've got other people who are relying on you to provide for them. And so communication and being really clear on what you need is so critical to being a mom. I really appreciate the timing of this because what you just said is something that I've been journeying through lately around realizing how I often do not ask for help, but I got to the root of why that is. Or maybe one of the roots. I think there's a couple of different roots. And one of the roots is that I don't even know how to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you expose you know what I mean? yourself? Yeah. Like I've had several people in the past week, dear people that I love, say, how can I help you? And I'm like, what? What I do you mean? <laughs> yeah. Or they've said things like, oh, I wish that you would have told me that you needed support. And I'm like... Me too. I didn't even know how to ask for support, that that was a thing. Mm -hmm. So I have to learn to strengthen my muscle of asking for help proactively. Yeah, I don't know what it is about asking for help. I think it's it's part human condition, but Mm -hmm. I definitely think that there's a level of the societal pressures of what it looks like to be a a quote-end-quote strong Black woman. And Part of that is not exposing your vulnerabilities and not sharing your vulnerabilities. Asking for help is equated to vulnerability. And it's real in motherhood. You can't not ask for help. But I also think that those are are skills that had I learned earlier, even before being a mother, I probably could have made my life a little bit easier. Doesn't that sound nice? Wow. (laughs) Right? Wow. (laughs) Wow. So I just love this conversation we're in. And I know if I'm needing it, we got our community that's here needing it. What does asking for help look like for you? Mm. So my husband is an incredible partner um, and we're both entrepreneurs. So we need to ask for help a lot just in terms of like, you know, childcare, but we also need to ask for help amongst each other. And so, you know, I'm like, 
I get home. I'm tired. Last night, he was my saving grace, actually. Mm-hmm. And he called and he said, hey, do we have dinner plans? I'm like, no, I am pregnant. I am tired. I am on the couch. The kids need to eat. And he was like, okay, well, do you want me to do dinner? Or do you want me to plan plan dinner? I'm like, yes, please. And thank yes. you. And if you and wouldn't have gone in, <laughs> I admire that. I admire that. You said, here's the long list of all the things that currently have me unable to provide a meal for myself and for the family. What emotionally came up for you during that? I will say to acknowledge the reason you asked that question, it has not always been that easy. And I think that I've learned to be okay with having to declare those things like, hey, guess what? I don't feel great. Yeah, I don't feel like I have enough energy. And last night, I just felt, you know, I actually felt empowered. I was like, thank goodness I have this partner and I have the, the space and opportunity to say, like, mm-hmm. this is actually how I'm feeling. Yes. And I think that just comes with practice. Yes. It's uncomfortable at first. It's going to continue to be uncomfortable until yes. it becomes a norm. Yes. I appreciate this because it's the connection between like emotional awareness with the vulnerable expression with someone who can actually hold space and potentially provide. And so I'm realizing that I'm actually right on time with my next level of awareness around how I don't tend to ask for help because I don't know, quote unquote, what it is that I need help with. But one thing that I've grown tremendously around in the past year is my awareness of my own emotions and my willingness to express those. So now I'm just going to connect the dots and (laughs) you're going to be on my vision board around asking for help. (laughs) I actually think I should create a vision board for asking for help. Maybe that's what you need. Yeah. There's actually something really powerful in being able to ask for help. It doesn't come easy. It doesn't come naturally. But I also think it takes some inner work. It takes some acknowledgement of what's going on that might not be serving you anymore. And how can you actually eliminate that thing that might not be serving you anymore? Yes. And for me, it's as simple as releasing the reins. It's really about control. (laughs) What do you know? You're a Sagittarius. (laughs) Don't read me. like control. But I also, I'm the same way. Aries like to be in control. And so asking for help for both of us is actually like, it's not easy. There's so many other people out there who naturally can ask for help. Yes. It does not come naturally to me. Yes. At all. So it is a muscle to work. Yes. Yes. About to be working that muscle in the spiritual gym. (laughs) Work it out, girl. Work it out. (laughs) (laughs) So, oh my God. Wow. With expecting a third on the way, are you anticipating some more kind of intentional ways that you self advocate and take care of yourself, especially considering you're a business owner at a very exciting point in your business? And also, you have a partner that you enjoy, you know, spending time with and growing with. Like, there's so many different aspects of who you are. And how are you? perhaps proactively planning in care for yourself and love for yourself during this next chapter of motherhood with the addition? Oh, you know, I I actually shared with you when we were last together that my 2020 focus was going to be abundance. And I really firmly stand in that place of 2020 is all about abundance. And that doesn't mean more of for Mm -hmm. me. It could 
actually look like a whole lot less Mm. to create more space and more opportunity for abundance. So a big thing that I'm focused on is just, I'm asked to do a lot. I have been a teacher and a sharer and a connector and not that that's drained me, but it's also left me in this place of, gosh, I want to take time and I want to be the learner and I want to like pour into myself. There's so much that is so fulfilling for me in teaching and leading people and connecting people. And I'm also taking the opportunity to look at this year of like, okay, everything I do is going to be super intentional and it's going to add value to me and my soul. And it's going to be connected to what I'm passionate about. So that looks like saying no to collaborations that don't make sense that I'm not drawn to that don't make sense for freedom and for our vision. That means saying yes to learning more about myself and getting more connected to how I can further this passion of mine. What else it is that I need to do for me that will allow for me to create more for other people. So I'm really excited to, I enrolled in my best friend, Mary Beth LaRue's embodied course for April. I'm like her first class of people going through this course. And I'm really excited because I haven't taken the time to actually do something for me in a really long time. So that's how I'm going to create more abundance for this year. And I'm actually going to take the time to sit and reflect and create more time for me so that I can continue to produce as much as I possibly can that speaks to me. And that's specific, like that really, really speaks to me as opposed to just producing to produce more. Yes. Uh, And in, you know, the general energy of our culture, especially as creative entrepreneurs, that's really going against the grain. So you inspired me with what you just shared and affirmed a lot of things that I've been kind of spiritually and intuitively been receiving lately. For example, I, I recently kept on hearing about this really amazing yoga nidra teacher. I've been thrilled. I've been like, oh my God, yes, yes, yes. I'm going to take this yoga nidra training this year and add that to like my spiritual repertoire as a teacher. And I felt so in alignment with it, right? It felt right. Again, the the repetition of hearing about this woman from multiple people, me looking it up, seeing the timing of it, I signed up and I prayed on it. And what I received in prayer was, a no, but it was more of like a not right now no. Mm-hmm. So then I was kind of like feeling, okay, you're probably not going to get in. Literally the next day, Bon, I got an email saying, you're number four on the wait list. You know, if anyone drops out, we'd love to have you. You're clearly so passionate about the work and da 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 da. And I was able to feel in my spirit something that. Also, my best friend had recently confirmed for me, which is that this year I'm to focus more on going deep within the work for my own self and knowing that that will inherently only continue to bless the people that I do hold space for, right? My friend was like, girl, how many things have you gotten trained in? How many (laughs) courses and workshops and teachings and da-da-da-da-da? And For me, again, leaning into the astrology of it, I'm a Sag. I'm always going to love learning. I'm always going to immerse myself in exploration and gaining more. But to your point, abundance isn't always about the gaining more. It can be also a deepening into what already is. So you just affirmed me. 
Yes. And guess what? Yes. I already know I'm going to be pulled up on a wait list and I'm going to tell them I would love to join in 2021. Let me know the dates. Yeah. <laughs> love it. Love it. I feel that. You feel it? I feel it. Mm-hmm. So expansion. What is one or maybe two, if you feel constricted with one <laughs> specific action that you would encourage members of our community to take up this year on their healing journeys, on their journeys towards cultivating and claiming more wholeness. I would advocate for you to find your authenticity and to live your authentic life. I think we're so influenced by so much and by the shoulds and this is the way it's supposed to be. And this is what I'm supposed to be really take the time to look in and determine if that's what you really want. And that's how you want to live. Or if that's just what you think you should be doing or should be living for me, I'm all about confidence. And I spoke to this when we first connected and when you find and uncover your confidence, you're able to live more confidently, but you're also able to live in your truest self. Yes. And I think that authenticity takes so much courage, but it also is so freeing when you find it. So I think for everyone, and I speak for myself as well, is continue to seek the authenticity so that we can live our truest selves and our truest lives. Seek the authenticity. Love that. (laughs) I so appreciate you for your wisdom and your work and the amazing energy that you share on both a professional and a personal level. It's really beautiful and really sweet. And I appreciate every time that we get to talk. How can our community stay in touch with you, see all the beautiful things that you have going on in the world and also support Yes. So obviously follow us on Instagram. We're sharing all the stuff that we do. We're sharing how we can connect with people. We don't have to be in Philadelphia to connect with us. So that's a big part of, of what we want to make sure is out there in the world. So follow us. And if you see us pop up, any chance that you get, come hang with us. We'd love to connect with you. So Yeah, stay tuned because we're doing some stuff and we're really excited about it. Yay! I'm excited (laughs) too. (laughs) Beautiful. Well, thank you so much again. And I'm excited to tell you how my practice of inviting and allowing more help goes, how my redefinition of abundance goes. We're in alignment, girl. Yeah, same. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored to be here. Yay! Thank you, Vaughn. Bye. Bye. I affirm that you discover this conversation in divine time and that you'll activate any of the insights that resonated with you powerfully moving forward. Now, at Black Girl and Home, we're all about gratitude. So special thanks to our audio engineer, India Jordan, for adding your magic. Khalid B for your original music. And thank you, yes you, for listening. <laughs> Y'all, Black Girl and Home is here for you. We're actively rewriting the narrative of what well-being looks like to ourselves and in our communities. To get more involved and learn more about us, head to blackgirlinom.com and join our newsletter while you're at it. 
If you do, you'll get an exclusive and free download of a meditation led by yours truly for Black women and girls everywhere. Are you also deepening into your journey of wholeness and healing with us on social? Follow us at Black Girl and Ohm on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. What we're about here is real sustained impact. If you're influenced by something that you heard on our podcast and want to support, you can make a contribution today by heading to blackgirlinohm.com slash support. All right, y'all, breathe easy.